Hey, this is Ralph Shaheen from Fox Sports, the home of Supercross. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show, and I'm a Niner fan, and we're yeah. going to take the Cowboys down. Yeah. Episode 99. That's one away from 100, if my math is right. We are almost to 100 shows. Hopefully, we're going to have a big show 100. I'm working on that. Can't wait. Let's get this business out of the way before we start talking a little bit of moto. Episode 99 of the Moto X Pod Show is brought to you by our title sponsor, Torque One Racing. The Moto X Show is brought to you by Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing is providing high-quality, economical performance parts. Check out TorqueOneRacing.com for grips, pegs, handlebar shifters, brake pedals, and more. Johnny and Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry, so follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, we have Shock Socks, the original and number one 10-second removal fork seal protector. No one likes replacing leaky fork seals, so ask your local dealer or go to BurnMotorsports.com. Follow them on all the social media websites also. MX Girl Designs. Everybody remember that's girl with a U. If you are looking to make your modern bike pop or freshen up your vintage bike, Charlene at MX Girl Designs can fix you up. Char does fantastic custom work at a great price. Contact Char at mxgirl.com for info. When riding and racing dirt bikes, protection is key. All sport dynamics are hands down the best wrist brace available. Trusted by many top riders, top pros such as Weston Pike, Joey Savacci, Adam Cianciarillo, as well as NFL, Major League Baseball players, and top bull riders. Visit motocrosswristbrace.com and follow them at wristbraceguy on Instagram or email me, darksidemx3 at aol.com for pricing. Mad Jack Synthetics. Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics is an independent dealer of Amsoil Synthetic Oils. They are riders, racers, and just all-around fans of dirt bikes like you and I. Contact Mad Jack Synthetics at 805-531-9551 or at madjackdiesel.shopamsoil.com for info on becoming a dealer or just to purchase your own supply of Amsoil. Fly Racing. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. In 2019, Fly Racing will be a title sponsor in Supercross and the Motocross Nationals. Riders like Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, and the beast from the east, Damon Bradshaw, all wear fly products. With their light hydrogen, kinetic, the new Evolution DST, and the women's light lines, and the all-new F2 carbon helmet with MIPS, along with FR5 boot and many other products, Fly Racing should be your gear of choice. Go to flyracing.com or your local dealer to see all that Fly has to offer. And our newest sponsor, Powerband Racing. It's a suspension company dedicated to providing the best service and products. They are committed to developing new products that improve your ride. They want your suspension to be the best it can be. 
Based out of Minneapolis, they are a WP authorized service center and trusted by Ryan Sipes. From mini bikes to big bikes, Power Band Racing has your suspension covered. Contact, contact them at 320-983-3400. And as always on all our sponsors, follow them on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Can't go wrong with that. TJ, you're in the house tonight. You're back for uh, one show. But yeah, I'm thinking I'm home for three days. Three days. Three days. It's about as long as you probably can stand to be at home. No, I love being at home. Actually, when I left work, I went straight to the races for, to Ponca. Right. And we'll um, talk about that. Yep. Ponca. Ponca. <laughs> That's also JT Cooley back in. JT is uh, uh, the Doc's Doc's uh, mechanic and one of our buddies. You guys know JT. What's up? What's up, man? How you doing? Doing good. Glad you're in studio tonight. Yes, sir. We're gonna have a good show. We have uh, Factory Kawasaki's Joey Savachi. We talk awesome. about some 450 racing. How much money he made from the um, from like getting paid for pulling over? Hmm. Yeah, if you want to ask that question, you can. <laughs> no comment. We got factory KTM's <laughs> Cooper Webb, Troy Lee Designs KTM amateur superstar Derek Drake, and you've got the is he the owner or the promoter? What he is, would be with Ponca. The way that I understand it, and that's the kind of the, the kind of the interesting stuff I'd like to talk to him about as far as how it all works, but he's like the chairman of the board, I guess okay. you'd say, who run Ponca. Technically, I believe the land is all owned by the city. If nobody's, if anybody's been to Ponca, they know this. People who haven't, the track is literally downtown. I mean, it is, I mean, people were riding pit bikes and golf carts to Walmart. You know That's what I mean? Awesome. It I was, it. it was really cool. It's so. almost like being at Diamond Dons. Is it that close to town? You can go around through his property right to the downtown area. Like yeah. it backs up to the to the downtown area. This whole area, the the way that they packed everybody in there, it was amazing. There was, I think they said thirteen hundred entries, and I don't know how the area is not that big, but it packed good. And almost every pit area you could see the track. It was an awesome event. So first time to be there. Yeah, it was really was really cool. So I'm, I hope it gets back to its former glory. Because um, they're putting a lot of work. Hell yeah. Get rid of that concrete start. Yes. Oh, yeah? They have one? It was horrible. I swear <laughs> I heard them over the PA saying that the uh, great starts are coming. That'd be awesome because I uh, now have to buy another tire. And I don't like buying tires when I don't need to. <laughs> did, did he smoke it ahead of time and do all that bullshit? All motos but one. Eh. And we had to talk about that one. Like, yeah, let's not do that. Just just roll it <laughs> off. You know, it's, it is what it is. No, no, smoke it. Go out there to win. Do whatever you can to win. Burnt off a sand tire and a regular tire. Oh, yeah, wow. exactly. Damn, that's money down the drain, TJ. Hey, let's wrap it real quick, the business. Um, so I want to promote this week, Torque One is our title sponsor. The The product of the week is their Defy Lock-On Grips. Johnny's pushing those really hard. They're, they're, if, if you ever tried Lock-On Grips, I, I, I've been running them for a long time. Um, I've been, I've ran the ODI ones, but I, I'm getting I'm trying the DeFi lock on grips from Torque One. They're freaking fantastic. Hit up uh, TorqueOneRacing.com and get yourself. They come in like fluorescent colors, regular colors. They're pretty, for, pretty sick. From what I understand, the um when the Torque when the lock on grips first came out, they were kind of thick. But suppose I heard that these Torque Ones aren't aren't as thick. They're like normal grips. Right. Yeah. I, he's he's got some. He's sending my way to test. I'm I'm looking forward to it. But um. Yeah, if you all any parts you need that aftermarket parts like that, Torque One is your place to go. Support our sponsors. Want to update you guys on the Fly Fun Day, November eighteenth at uh, Cycle Ranch. That's coming up. So Todd Trujillo gave me a list of some of the vendors that are going to be there. 
Fly Racing, obviously, G-Max Helmets, Scorpion Sports, which they do helmets and adventure touring gear, uh, Firepower, they, they build, do batteries and chains, Torque One Racing is going to be there, I'm going to be there with X-Brand, Rich Taylor may be there, Motion Pro, some of the best tools in the business, they're going to be there, Pirelli Tires, Motul Oil will be there, and K1, K100 Fuel Additive, they're all going to be there, along with a number of others that are still signing up. Lots of giveaways from Risk Racing, Alpine Stars, Cherbies, Easy Designs, VPMX uh, Training Facility. They're going to be down there, and MX Fab. Go to Facebook, look up Fly Fun Day. All the information should be there. Tickets are available at your local dealerships in the Dallas, Fort Worth, Austin, uh, San Antonio area. It's really cool yeah, that they free. how they said it. It's not just Fly. I mean, it's a Fly Fun yep. Day. And uh, WPS is obviously the owner of, uh, the, I guess, the parent company of Fly, and yes. they. It's cool how they do that. They bring in vendors and different people, local companies. Right. It's uh, Todd really doing it. I mean, yeah. the the um, the reps for WPS Fly, they do all these things out of their own pocket. So Todd is doing this out of his own pocket. He's running the track. He's setting this thing up. But yes, he's he's allowing these other dealerships and vendors to come in and and sell other gear there, and and you know whether not even their competitors because he just wants everybody to be there. It's a big family, and he wants all of the local riders to come out, check out what's offered. Yeah. Um, hey, we're doing a two-stroke oil pack giveaway tonight, Amsoil, so we're going to be doing that. In honor of the straight rhythm? Yes, in honor of the straight rhythm. Dane Evans is letting us give a two-stroke oil kit away. We'll, we'll tell you guys how we're going to do that a little bit later, so listen for those details. And we're going to be doing another custom helmet from uh, Kirk Hunter. His work's so good. At, uh, do what? I said his work is so good. Yeah, we're going to be doing another one of those. Uh, I've got an F2 fly helmet coming in. I should probably have it tomorrow. We'll get that thing painted, and we'll let you know how we're going to give that away also. Well, all right, uh, TJ and JT. Yeah. Tell us how Ponca went. Tell us how Doc did. We've got about... Uh, we're looking at about 15 minutes here before our first guest. So. We both look at each other and laugh. Um, yeah, Doc is didn't go great. Four months back. I mean... He's really, really good, and normally he's a really good mud rider. And so, like, the first day he went down in the first corner, picked his bike up dead last, got to fourth. I mean, the kids just out at um quick training facility or underground, they do a lot of riding even when it rains. And, and he's always been good in the mud. And, I, and so I think our goal was set real high because of ball hall. He did really good at the end by the end of the week at ball hall, and it was a lot of mud there, too. Once the track dried out and got fast and a lot of the guys, you could see it start showing how being off a bike for four months can hurt you. And um, he just did terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Well, getting up to fourth from 40th is not terrible. That was good. He had issues, but... By the end of the weekend, I mean, everything was actually pretty good. He had one moto that he just didn't try and... I, for the first time in his racing career, I kind of went mini dad on him. I just lost my crap on him a little bit, and I kind of feel bad. But man, he just didn't even try. Yeah, he didn't set his whole shot devices. <laughs> he didn't heat his tire up. He didn't. He wasn't even trying, and that bugged me. Other than that, he did really good. By the end of the weekend, he rode like he knew he could ride, and he um, had some respectable rides. Maybe not respectable finishes compared to. Compared to 90% of the kids out there, they'd have been happy with how the weekend right. went. But for him, it was a little, he was down on himself. But yeah, 
All right, so TJ, you're you're the dad. JT, you're the buddy, the riding coach. Yeah, I mean, the the mechanic. Give me your take on Doc and his, you know, his mentally. Like, how did he seem afterwards? What what is he taking away from this? Yeah, I mean, from the by the end of the weekend, um, you know, it's better from the start. You know, practice we were we were way off in practice, and he had that one moto. He pulled his goggles off about the second lap and rode around and was looking at braking bumps the whole 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 way around the track and you know um we talked after the race on the way home and you know he he knew what he knows what he needs to do for many o's and come out swinging right well how about just the facility then as a whole you said it's downtown i mean it, it's they're trying to bring ponka back to its former glory as J, uh tj said earlier when we were talking off the air what what do you see? I mean, you see it coming back. You see, yeah. Like, I mean, some of had, our buddies from Texas, John Short was there. I think I think Vince Monteleone might have been there. Yeah, Zane Merritt. Yeah, um, yeah. Zane um, was running away with the. Uh, I think it was a two fifty eight moto, second moto. He led and Hal Payne and all them for about five laps, and they got around him and he moved back a little bit. But um, they had thirteen hundred entries. I mean, that's a lot of people for yeah for where it's and it is downtown. Literally, I think Walmart's a quarter mile away. That's awesome. People are riding their pit bikes and. Um, razors and stuff just down down the road and it looked like pit bike wild out willy boys going down the road that's guys cool that they allowed that well we're gonna have uh, i don't know if they allowed it but they, well, I mean, <laughs> there was police at the gate letting people in right. and out on pit bikes so that's i guess cool. they allowed in town <laughs> we're gonna have bill i hope you pronounce his name stuver did you ask how to pronounce his name he said it but uh, don't remember yeah. well, okay. it's bill stuver bill stuver, stuver with yeah. ponka he'll be on a little bit so we'll talk about that a little bit more when he's on at the end of the show um red bull straight rhythm was this weekend you guys get to yeah we watched an rv how um, amazing was that? Probably the best racing I've seen in a long time. It was amazing. The, the, I tell you, the, but the most shocking thing was we were sitting there watching it, and my wife Kathy looks up. She's like, "I don't even understand straight rhythm. What's the point? What's the point?" And I'm like, "It. I mean, it showed the point. This was one of the <laughs> best ones I've Some ever of the closest, seen. Like so many." motos i guess we'll call them yes were within a hundredth of a second it was awesome it like was, there was a couple they i don't remember which two guys it was where they announced the winner and i was like no he didn't win no we didn't yeah we did the same because yes. the angle was look and then when they showed it from the other angle i was like oh okay went by like a knobby yeah. yes i mean it was it was a really Insane, good race dude i'm telling you the the um dungy uh was it jordan wasn't jordan smith dungy and one of the races with Dungey, I was like the the hair in my arms was standing up, and I was, was on the good. edge of my seat, going, "Oh my god!" Like they looked, they, he kept saying, um, "It wasn't uh, Grant Langston kept saying they're carbon copy or carbon." I think he said carbon copy, but it was like a mirror image, is what it was. Uh-huh. They were identical. They were whipping the same, scrubbing yep. the same. It was so awesome, and I think a lot of that was the two strokes. You think it was two strokes? I do because a little t- wheel tap. That slowed him down just enough, and you're like, "Oh, he messed that section up." But then yeah. the other guy would do something, and the other guy could catch up. Where, like Mathis said last night, if they're on a four stroke, they would have just twisted the throttle and made it. You know, they, that little mistake wouldn't have cost them time. Whereas on two stroke, they had to be damn near perfect. Yeah, I think it was a combination of obviously two strokes, pretty much. I mean, no top level guys. So you have the for lack of a better way to put it, like the B-level guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, or the I mean, retired. McElrath's good. You know what I mean? Those yeah, guys yeah, are good. Yeah. But not the upper, upper echelon guys who are going to grease that section perfect the, every time. The Marvins and the Tomacs. And then you take those group and you put them on two-stroke, so nobody's fully 100% yeah. comfortable on two-stroke, especially Stank Dog when he cartwheeled. <laughs> cartwheeled the first, oh my God. first heat, I think. Yeah. 
And one of the most impressive things I saw was Josh Grant had his feet on the pegs before he even came out of the box. Oh, we were watching starts. that. Oh, I didn't see that. Just rocking wow. it out of the start. Yeah. Feet on the pegs before he even came out of the doghouse. We were being all like scientific, breaking right. down every little thing. I mean, I don't understand how he got like him. Yeah, we don't, know, I don't understand how he got his feet on the pegs that fast. Every time he'd come out, his feet were on the pegs and he was butt was off the seat coming. I mean, instantly. He's probably doing like that BMX type thing. He's holding the front brake and just hop and up just, there. Yeah, balancing for a second. It's <laughs> uh, quite possible. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was... I Look, I mean, there's a point where it kind of got like it, a little monotonous, but I, I wish they could do like to, to improve it a little bit. Maybe do like a straightaway with a 180 at the end. Yeah. And then a straightaway coming back. I had thought about that. Like, like how would you give me do at least one turn? Yeah. It like exactly. Or what I, you know, they hit Mathis keeps talking about putting it in the city. Put it like that wouldn't work. Put it like in like San Francisco or somewhere with a big hill. But you would have to shut the road down for a full week. And they do that I for movies I don't and think stuff. Too, for what? They do it for movies and stuff. I don't well, think they shut down for a week. They shut down for a few hours at a time, probably. No. I don't know. I don't think you could shut a major like he's talking about, like like the the strip down you know in New York City for a week. Yeah, like, you just that's couldn't a good do point. that. Yeah, but or having somewhere where I was thinking about you said the one eighty. I was like, it'd be cool if it like went up a hill one eighty and you turned around and you had to go back down the hill. A bunch yeah. of step downs. A bunch of step downs oh, from yeah. there. That would be something cool. But, yeah, I still think it was rad. I mean, it was it was more exciting than Mushroom Cup. Yeah. Yeah, you want to go? You said, huh? You said you wanted to go. Oh, I'd have loved to have gone, but I, I, what I said was it was more exciting than Monster Cup. Yeah, yeah. To me, Monster Cup's kind I think of both of them were good. Yeah, I was, they were. I mean, they definitely were. But there's just I like the two strokes and the and what that brought as far as how long technique. was the actual program? Was it eh, probably three hours? I, I didn't really pay attention. Did we watch it for three? Was it three hours? I did. Was, I watched it from I think start it was to finish. Seven thirty to ten. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, but like you say, you kind of join on, find out some way to. I mean, it was back to back, back to racing. I don't think you could actually make it any shorter than that. Then no, I, I, I don't think making it shorter is the issue. It just, I don't know. I guess I kind of, I, I don't know how to describe it. I don't want to yeah. say it was. It, it was there, good. There wasn't ever a moment it was boring. It just because it, there's no turns, you don't have that. Oh, is he going to get T bone type thing? Yeah. You know, they took that little piece of excitement out. But is it one of those things where it's like that is the best that. It can be. I don't know. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. What else could they do? Yeah. So uh, without changing the format or changing right. anything, I, I think that's as good as it can be. And leaving it two strokes, I think, is key. All we can hope for is next year that it runs the same. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, okay. So we're probably gonna take a break here in just a second. Um, I do want to say one of our former guests, uh, Brett Hooper, with Works Wheels and Mods. He he's sort of competition to a degree of one of our new sponsors, Powerband Racing. But before Powerband came on, I sent my forks off to him. He's doing my suspension. Yeah. Um. So I I still want to you know I don't want to ever cut anybody out of our show just because of our sponsors. If you got if you have suspension work to be done, hit up Powerband Racing. But if you got any wheel work you want done, mods, and if you're doing that kind of stuff and just want him to do your suspension too, man, hit up Brett Hooper. He's got really great prices. Uh, he's a good dude. He's doing my stuff this time, um, so just yeah. And keep power him in mind. band is definitely where you want to send your KTM stuff. Yeah, for sure. And, and I Husky. mean, yeah, those guys unlimited teams running power band. Yeah. yeah, they're they're you know we had them on last week, and power band's gonna be part of our show for a year, and hopefully continue to be. But I do want to let you know just mention that Brett Hooper is doing my stuff. Follow Works Wheels and Mods. 
Um, he's also doing seracoding. Isn't that something you said you want to get into? Yeah, that stuff is sick. Yeah, I, I think he's gonna do my. Uh, I think he's gonna do my rear shock. Yeah, JT um, showed me a link the other day where he was doing that stuff. That seracoding is really cool. Yeah. Uh, it's basically a like ultra thin powder coat. That's what he was telling me. Yep. Yeah, it yep. looks super sweet. Yeah. yeah, he's gonna. I'm gonna send him my rear shock probably, and maybe Just send him your bike. Maybe I should do that. Yeah, get the cases frame done. It. Yeah, Cerakote frame it black. Oh, that'd be sick. Yeah. So, if you need any, you know, wheel work mods, uh, motor mods, or Cerakoting, hit up Brett Hooper. Works wheels and mods on Instagram. Great dude. Uh, TJ, let's go ahead and go to break, and we'll come back with Joey Sabashi. All right, sounds good. All right, our first guest of the night is brought to you by Allsport Dynamics. Allsport, Allsport Dynamics are hands down the best wrist braces available. Hit up motocrosswristbrace.com or email me, darksidemx3 at aol.com, for pricing. So our first guest of the night is the uh, quote-unquote rookie 450 rider for Factor Kawasaki, number 17, Joey Savachi. Joey, what is up, bud? Not a lot, man. Just uh, finishing up my day, headed back to the house, and uh, going to try to get a little bit of uh, R&R in. <laughs> well, we, we won't keep you too long. Um, really glad to have you on. Um, so, I mean, I... Clearly, from what we saw at Monster Energy Cup, you like the 450. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it's hard to, uh, you know, Monster Cup couldn't have really gone a whole lot better. Um, you know, there's always uh, expectations that you put um, on yourself, uh, and that doesn't always necessarily, it's not always a good thing. Right. Um, but I, I know what I'm capable of. And I do believe in my ability, and I believe that if I show up on the weekend and I ride like I know how to ride, and, and with the team behind me, that you know, there's no reason why I can't do what I did, um, you know, all year. Sure. And, and I should that, and I say that obviously it helps that we did good because you're on a confident ride right now. But as well as you know, like that's what I expect of myself. It's uh, I know the amount of work that I that I put in and and the team puts in and, and everything, all the, all the pieces of the puzzle, you know, like we're all one, one, uh, one team and, and we all try to make it happen. And Definitely. You know, at the end of the day, it's like me. But when I show up on the weekend and I ride, like I feel like I know how to ride, it's, uh, it's what I expect. So you were talking about you finishing your day up and I was going to ask you already, I know you were pro circuit before, and that is basically a factory 250F effort. And now you are on the quote unquote factory. I mean, you are the actual factory 450 ride. How much different is your day now? Like what? Like what's different now from going from the PC team to the factory Cowie team? Um, not. I mean, it's different and it's not. Obviously, we still do. You know, we still do the same stuff. We still do the laps. We still do the testing, and we do all that. I think the time slots during the day are different. Um, right now, you know, like. I leave, I get up at 6, and I leave by 7, and I'm at the track by usually 7.45 and, and try to be riding by, like, 8, 8.15. Uh, and then done usually by 11.30, um, you know, maybe noon, whereas um, where I was before, it, it was never a super early thing. It was a little bit later, show up at probably 9.30 at the earliest, 10-ish, and then, you know, we were there 
quite a bit longer. Um, and you know, I think everything everything works differently for different people. And, right. you know, and for us, and for us, where I'm at now, like showing up early while the track's still good and it's not hot out, and you know, getting our stuff done quick, I think has has worked very well so far. Um, and and I prefer it. You know, like I can get up early in the morning and I can get my day started, and you know, like and be done at a reasonable time. You know, I'm not leaving the track at 4.30 and still have a bike ride and other stuff to do. So, um, I mean, it's, at the end of the day, it's all doing the same stuff. But yeah, yeah. Just a, little bit, a little bit earlier now than before. So I want to ask you, you, you mentioned expectations a couple times earlier, and, you know, it, it seems like you're pretty hard on yourself. You expect a lot of yourself, and when you don't maybe meet what you expect – you, you you get kind of bummed out. Maybe you, you, you're frustrated. We see it on the podium a little bit. Um, is that hard for you to overcome that, like not meeting your expectations? Yeah, that's a, that's a slippery slope for me because I catch a lot of, a lot of backlash um, on that. And, you know, a lot of people don't agree, I guess you could say with, with how I react. Right. And, 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 and the bottom line is, is, you know, like I'm, paid and they hire me to do a job and when i don't do my job yeah it's frustrating and you know I, and i never like to discredit anyone else but i truly feel like i do as much work if not more than than everyone else on that gate so for me yeah absolutely it it, it drives me insane yeah to not to not perform um up to expectations and again expectations can get you in trouble sometimes because, <laughs> exactly you know, it's not, not everything is going to go as planned, but again, in the same breath, yeah, absolutely, it, it frustrates me to, to no extent because it's it's just so tough that that the results aren't there when I feel like they should be. And, and you know, people, like I said, they give me a hard time about it, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to be okay with being up there and, and not winning, you know? Like, right. obviously, I, I could probably approach it a little bit better sometimes, but I'm not... I'm not a guy who's who's gonna pretend, you know. Like, if I if I did a vlog or something, you're gonna see me. Like, you're gonna see the guy that you would see at any point in time during your day. I'm not someone that puts on a show. I'm not someone that puts on a front. If I'm not happy, I'm not gonna pretend that everything's fine and dandy. Like, I I work too hard and, and yeah, well, and I sacrifice a lot for that. I think that's fair. I mean, that's basically showing how competitive you are. And I know what you're saying. Um, there's a lot of keyboard warriors and there's a lot of us as media that, you know, I mean, are, are hard on you sometimes and you probably see that and it, it brings you down. And if I'm not mistaken, it was Weege. He was on Pulp and said, I think it was Weege. So I, I could be wrong with it. You said something along the lines of, you know, like everybody hates you right now or something along those lines. And I don't know if that's what you actually feel. And that may be an incorrect quote, but man, you, yeah, you can't let, you can't let the keyboard warriors and, and us as media like affect you at all. Like that shit. You know I mean, dude, I know how hard you work because you're working with Jeannie Carmichael. No, everybody knows that's, you know I mean? That's probably one of the hardest training facilities, you know, teams, whatever that you're, you working with, you're, you're at it hundred percent when you don't do well, she's hard on you. And, uh, you know, I mean, you're one of the best riders in the world and, I, I mean, I, I guess it, it gets kind of – it's disappointing when you – like if you're on the podium in third and you seem bummed out, it's – as a fan, it's like, man, I wish he was happier with what he's doing. 
You know, I wish you were yep. like, we want you to be like, holy shit, that's, that's rad, you know? But yeah, yep. I, I don't want you to, I don't think anybody wants you to fake it either. No, and, and like I said, that's a, that's a slippery slope for me because I don't do, like I said, I don't do well with pretending. So at the end of the day, you know, like between Jeannie and, and Ricky Carmichael and, and Johnny, my trainer, you know, and, and my whole, my whole circle, like we expect to win because we've sure. been there before and we've done it. So yeah, other times where I do need to be more, uh, I don't want to say appreciative because I'm very appreciative of what I have, but do I need to be more on the positive side about things? Absolutely. But that's just, that's me being hard on myself because I, I don't like to lose. And, you know, yeah. unfortunately I, I've been losing quite a bit in the last year or so more than what I would have wanted to, but you know, that, that comes with it. And that's kind of what makes you kind of figure out who you are and what you need to do. And, I agree, though. Like, there's times where I need to to change the the mentality or or the emotion on the podium for sure, just because we're not always going to win. Unfortunately, you know, right. it's not going to happen every time. But again, it's it's just that me being hard on myself, and that's just what I've I would have been how I've been raised and brought up. And you know, like I said, it's expectations which can get you in trouble. Um, and you know, this is something I got to work on. Hey, George, JT. Um, you know, from from us, from the outside looking in, it looks like um, Mitch Payton, you know, expects, you know, everybody to win that's on the 250. Um, now you're moving up to the 450, um, kind of the second, you know, the second guy on the team. You think it'll be a little bit easier on you, like the pressure's kind of off? Uh, no, I, I don't think so because, um, like I said, for me at the end of the day, they hired me for a reason. And, you know, like it, it's the keyboard warriors, I'm sure, have been running their mouth. And back to – Earlier, I didn't, I didn't tell Weege that I was the most uh, that I was hated. I just said that there's a lot of people currently riding the wave of the, of the let's critique him and let's criticize everything he does yeah. wave. Um, I don't think people hate me at all, but again, I think we see it with everything, whether it be politics or or anything. You know, like when someone gets on something and people start to see it, more and more people tend to go that way. For Jump on the bandwagon. Reason. Exactly. Like yeah. people are afraid to, to voice their own opinion. So that doesn't like that doesn't bother me. Um, but to be, you know, I guess the second guy on the team for sure because you know of what Eli's done. Um, but there's still pressure because I want to perform as as well as I can. And and every weekend I show up, you know, like I, I know Eli's the guy expected to win. Um, but there's no doubt in my mind that you know come Supercross time that I can't be up there battling with those guys. And I truly believe that. And you know, obviously we still have some time and quite a few laps to put in between now and then, but I'm in a really good spot and I haven't been in a position like this and felt this good about, you know, everything that I'm doing in, in such a long time that it's, it's refreshing and uh, it, it's motivating. I like it. Was yeah, you- the was the Monster Cup a um, like a relief or was it like you feel like you set the bar kind of high? No, not at all. I think uh, I was just, honestly, I wanted to just go racing um, <laughs> and, and, and just get my feet wet, you know, like there's always, and it's going to be the same, you know, like we already raced um, Monster Cup, but come A1, it's going to be the same thing all over again. There's going to be the unknown, yep. it's going fast. You're always going to hear, all oh, this guy's so fast at a test track, but you don't know until you show up on an actual racetrack Saturday afternoon, evening. So For sure. that first that first round is going to be butterflies all over again. But I think Monster Cup was, was awesome. I think it, it definitely set me up 
um, on a platform to build from that is much more solidified than than if it was would have gone out there and tank. You know, I think we'd be starting off a little rough. Sure. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't say that I had any more pressure at all. I think if anything, it just it kind of helped helped me um, mentally and as well as to show everyone else that you know, like. I, I deserve this shot, and and I'm going to do everything that I can in my power to to capitalize and and to perform at the best of my ability every weekend. Right now, hey, I want to go back to, and you may not want to talk about this, and if you don't, just say so. But 2016, I guess it was, right? Yeah, it was a 16. What year was it? I'm so messed up on the year. The the Vegas final with you and Zacho. So uh, 17. 17. So uh, obviously we all yeah. know what happened. Did yeah. did that did, did that affect you poorly this season? Like did that weigh on you throughout the season? Did you know your your results were not as good this year and I think that what you you we talked about that you struggled a little bit with that being having the results not be where you want to be. Was that something that week in and week out you thought about or did you just let it go? Um honestly I thought about it for a long time, but not in the sense that that's what was really affecting anything. Okay. Um, and I say that is, you know, like I'm, we didn't win that much this year, but you know, how many guys on my team won more than I did? Right. You know, I think, I think maybe, maybe one guy. Um, so, I mean, it's not like the, the team was, was crushing it. And I was the only guy who wasn't doing, what what we expected you know so in a sense from that side of it i think there's just there was a lot of things um that w- were going on and that we were trying to figure out and we were kind of and we were struggling you know sure. like at, at the end of the day that's the easiest way to put it is we were not in a good spot and we were trying to make it better and, and it's just tough to find a fix you know at the snap of a finger um but do i think about it now not anymore because good. it's and it's so relieving for me to be past that point because, you know, obviously you're still in the class and, and you're still on that bike and, you know, I, and not so much that I thought about it, but there was nights where I went to bed and, and I just replayed that whole deal. And, <laughs> and, 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 and like, honestly, not even that night because that night's whatever, but I look back at Toronto yeah. when I had second, second place wrapped up, no problem. And I was doing that stupid quad. I shouldn't have been, you know, you do that. And then the end of falling, we ended up seventh that night. You know, there's the point there. The night that I ended up making that mistake in, in uh, New York or New Jersey, wherever we were, and we got docked five spots, whatever it was. You know, oh, like, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I, I didn't lose that title in Vegas. You know, like I lost that title throughout throughout the process of the whole year, and, and that's something that I just had to just tell myself because the bottom line is that's the truth. Yeah, we lost it technically in Vegas, but if we wouldn't have made those dumb mistakes earlier in the year – we never would have even been in that position, yeah. you know? So that's, again, unfortunately, that's, that's a life lesson you have to learn and take forward and take those risks when you need to. But there was no reason for me to be doing that quad in Toronto when I was, you know, Zach was clearly faster that night, and there was no reason for me to do that quad anymore. I should have backed it down and not been doing that and avoided the the risk because the reward wasn't there. Right. And again, in, in New Jersey, just a stupid mental mistake that never should have been something and you know like that was another second place that we should have had wrapped up so it's 
I thought about it in that sense, not so much in the Vegas thing. The Vegas thing is what it is, and that was something that, you know, like I'll live with forever, and it is what it is. I'm, I don't care anymore, yeah. and especially now that I've moved on and I'm in a new class and a fresh start. So well, I guess to answer your question in the shortest possible way, no, I don't think about it. And I think that's healthy. Everything you just said I think is healthy the way you're looking at it and you're learning from it. You know, uh, I mean, it's racing. You said earlier you're disappointed, you're upset when you don't win, but, hell, only one guy can win every night. And yep, the, exactly. everybody else in your class is a badass rider, you know, and you're one of the elite riders in, in the world. So you should be pr- proud of that, you know. And I, I want to ask you about your PR, um, like how how the fans see you, how the media sees you. Uh, I know Vanessa does PR with Pro Circuit and with Factory Kawasaki. Does she or anybody talk to you about, you know, how – how you talk or how you should act on the podium or when you're doing media like this or, you know, whether interviews, anything, is there anybody kind of saying, Hey, maybe work on this as far as being more happy on the, or, you know, does anybody help you out with that? Um, honestly, no, not really. And, and most of the time, because I, I feel, and, and I've been told, but I always feel from the interview standpoint, things that I do a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. Um, but, from the emotion side of it on the podium, no, no one's really said much. And that's just, they don't even need to tell me. Like, I know it's just, it's so hard for me to be okay with, with those results yeah. that we've had or, or even that I did have. It's just so tough for me to be like, oh, all right, it's cool. Like, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> when I know it wasn't. Right. So, Especially 30 seconds after a race. I mean, maybe an hour later, but. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, Vanessa. Vanessa tries to help me, but I'm not, uh, either she's not a good teacher or I'm not a good listener. But, uh, <laughs> hey, let's say she's not a good teacher because I like busting her balls. She's, she's a pretty rad person, but, she, um, yeah, she's, yeah, don't, don't fill her head up though. Okay. That's why <laughs> she's already having a hard time fitting through the door. Right, right. We, we should, we should say like, we like Shay better at KTM. Shay's, Shay's, Shay's a little, you know, maybe a little better than Vanessa. I like Shay. I do too. I do too. There's a whole group of them that are that are really rad, and yeah, uh, it's always fun to to I don't know have a change of pace. Not always. I don't want to always be around dudes, but just have a a group of people you can hang out with. That it's not not always about dirt bikes. It's not always about definitely the right. Like we can just hang out and do and bust each other's balls and, and. have a good time well that's what i was going to ask about i talk about non-dirt bike stuff you've got quite a bit of time before um, a1 um, what do you have plans for like off the bike stuff your your the the two days off that you're going to get a training <laughs> what, what, what are you planning for those days off <laughs> uh yeah i mean honestly like it's pretty wide open all the time so those days that i do have off i i i'm pretty lazy um i try to <laughs> I try to relax, you know, like Fortnite. I just, yeah, I don't, honestly, I don't play video games that much anymore. I'm on a hiatus. Like I, uh, I quit cold turkey. So <laughs> it's been like it's been like two, three months since I played. I played one time the other night, and I just I don't know. I wasn't feeling it. Maybe I'm just getting older or something. But honestly, I just I try to enjoy the time that I get off and just roll with it. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it's hard for you guys. I mean, I'm sure with all the travel you do throughout the year, and and I mean just shit to, to sit at home and relax is probably all the vacation you <laughs> that's all you really want to do yeah no i mean like i said it's, it's one of those deals where 
we're always at it all the time and going, 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 and then they get to the end of the outdoor and you have a, a couple of weeks off and then those couple of weeks go by and you're like, all right, I think I'm ready to kind of do something. Right. Get, get back to riding or, or, or do something, you know, like it's very quick to, to approach where you're like, all right, this is awesome. I don't have to do anything. I can sleep in or I can stay up late, you know, I can hang out, do whatever, be a normal person. And then pretty soon you're like, all right, well now I just feel like I'm, spinning circles at this point like, i want to go be productive i want to go do something you got to do the normal things like go mow the yard like you know those kind of things <laughs> yeah for sure I'm, i don't know if i'm a if i'm a yard mower but uh <laughs> we'll, we'll roll with it right hey so i've got a couple more questions for you um how how did the just one deal come about um honestly i they kind of approached uh approached me and that they 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 want to make a push uh, over here, and you know, obviously they had to deal with uh, with Blake uh, Baggett uh, a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and then I think with that whole uh, BTO, I think they had to go team deal, um, so he was forced to leave. But you know, they basically came to me and said, "We want to make a big push, and and we want to be one of the brands over here, and we want you to be. You know, you're going to be the only guy in it, um, what, gear and helmet and goggles." And, you know, we want to make you our poster child and you're going to be the guy that we believe in that can bring, you know, bring us over here and, and help us succeed as far as breaking into the market. And gear looks good. Yeah, I was just going to say the gear yeah. does look good. How do you, how do you like it? Yeah. Fit pretty good? Yeah, it's obviously, it's a little, it was a little, not rough, just some things that needed to be fixed at first. Um, and, you know, as, as we... As we got the initial stuff, and I could wear it, and I could try it on, and then you know figure out what I didn't like or what needed to be changed, um, it got a lot better. And that's just coming from you know the, the unknown side of it. You know they don't know me, they don't know my my body shape, they don't know yeah. you know any of those things. And and that's the nice thing about being you know the only guy is everything that we do is for me um, and, and set up around around me and what I would like to see better or different. Um, so to have the flexibility to say, Hey, you know, like this Jersey length, I think could be, you know, half an inch longer on the lower half of the sleeves need to be just a touch shorter. Like that's something that's feasible, you know, like they're like, nice. okay, yes, sir, no problem. And they can do that and, and fix it. And, you know, it's not that you could do that at any, any other company, but it's just, it's just tougher when you have, more than one guy sure you know, yeah, you yeah whole, for sure a whole slew of people and it, it just it makes it tougher to to have those uh to have those changes whenever you want yeah that's i think that's probably uh, i mean it's cool for you because i mean first of all you didn't you didn't get to have a gear deal probably on your own with on 250s you were stuck with what mitch had now you have your own gear deal and having some input and helping build that company you know hopefully that'll be a long-term career deal for you than something that you can just continue to grow with your your success and theirs for sure and that's that's you know like that's the big picture here so yeah you always always would look for the most ideal you know whatever most money what whatever it may be but in the long run you, you want a long-term relationship so starting off with a company like this from the very beginning will go in my mind a long way later down the road you know, yeah i, I for them to prove their their trust to me and their hard work and, and vice versa for me to show them that I 
and that I believe in their product and, and I'm glad to be in it. It's just something that will continue to get stronger and stronger as it goes on. Definitely. Well, I want to touch on all sport dynamics. Also, they're a sponsor of our show. Um, I'm a rep for them. Been wearing their braces since 2007. Tell us, I mean, tell our listeners what Jeff Brewer's done for you. You know, if that, how, how the confidence has been having those braces, if they affect you in any way whatsoever, give us a little, little, uh, of your opinion on all sport. For me, uh, I don't like, I've, I've heard people say, Oh, I can't wear them. You know, like it, it, it restricts this or it makes me get arm pump or, or I've heard every possible excuse not to wear them. But this is, people always ask me and this is what I tell them. I say, well, do you wear, I ask them if they wear knee braces and you know, nine and a half times out of 10. Well, yeah, of course. Well, why do you wear them? Well, to protect my knees. Mm -hmm. Okay. So why wouldn't you wear wrist braces? Don't you want to protect your wrist? And, and, And for me, like, the preventative that's there, is it proven? I would like to say so, but nothing is, is uh, for sure, you know, and that's the same with the helmets and it's the same with the neck braces and yeah, the knee yeah. braces. It, it's supposed to help prevent injuries, but there's no such thing as 100% you'll never get hurt in it. So I think for me, I, when I made the switch, it was something that I couldn't go back and not wear them just because I have that comfort when I wear them that if I get into an issue or a or a, you know, a bad spot, I'm very confident that whatever damage that there might be will be limited and it will be a lot less than if I didn't have them. 100% agree with you. All right, so, so my, my last question, um, you know, Monster Energy Cup a couple of weeks ago, um, final moto, you're about to win your the 450 Moto 3. And you clearly let Eli go. Um, from what I've seen, it's kind of 50-50. Some people think it was you should have went ahead and went, won the race. Some people think it was great. What went through your mind at that moment? And I, I, I'm assuming there was no discussion of this ahead of time. Like, there was no team tactics. I don't believe that for a second. I feel like this was something you decided in the heat of the moment. Just give us a little bit of your opinion on that that last lap. No, a hundred percent. There was no team orders. Um, at the end of the day, it's, I did it out of the, out of the respect that I have for Eli. And as well as I would have liked, I like to think that if the roles were reversed, that, you know, Eli would have done the same for me. Um, and, and maybe I'm wrong, you know, like maybe, maybe he wouldn't have, but for me, like coming around and getting the white flag, I knew where he was and I knew the gap. And I knew that if I could slow down and not make it super obvious enough to where he would catch up more than he would have, and I could have made something happen in the back, this is my eight-year-old mind thinking here. I'm like, oh, we're outside. You know, no one will see it. Well, that didn't work. So <laughs> that, kind of, that kind of blew apart really quick. But, no, out of, out of, the, out of the pure respect that I have for, for him and the common courtesy that, you know. A million-dollar uh, common courtesy? Exactly. I'm not going to be the guy that that stopped him from from getting that. And yeah. you know, like, would it have been awesome to win that moto? Yeah, for sure. To make make a statement that you know, my first race on a big bike that I was able to to win a moto because I am I'm 100 percent confident that I would have taken it all the way to the check. For sure. Yeah, you um, had. That. I think everybody and, was confident. Yeah, and, and that's just one of those things, you know. So. <sighs> I just would like to think that if the roles were reversed, you know, he would have done the same. And that's just, that's the bottom line. Yeah. No one told me there was no pit boards that said, let him buy. No right. one said anything. And it was just, 
common sense. She said, all right, well, I know he's won the first two, and I would hate to feel the environment back at the semi if I didn't win the five. You know, like, I don't think it would have been a good way to start it off. Right. You know, and I think that's fair. And a lot of people, like I was listening to Daniel Blair's show, main event, and him and his brother, um, Vincent, kind of had opposite opinions. And But for the most part, most people felt like what you're saying. I mean, I think you did the right thing for the future of your team and your, your relationship with your teammate. And honestly, like in my opinion, like that fan that got his million, that was, his the, life. that was the coolest thing of the whole night. Like that's what I was watching is his reaction. And I think the what you did, the positives of what you did, way outweigh the fact that, well, you could have won your first 450 moto technically. It wasn't even a real Supercross. It wouldn't have meant a lot. There's no points involved. You did the right thing, in my opinion. So I'm proud of you for it, and I, I really think you're going to have a great year. Um, I hope that when you know when you get some podiums this year, that you'll be able to mentally for yourself appreciate a third or even a fifth. You know, I mean, or whatever. You know, just dude, you're in the 450 class. You're one of the best riders in the world. You're on factory Kawasaki. You've got a great future ahead of you, and I, I hope that you can enjoy that. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just it's something that, I, you know, like I have to take a step back and and just understand and, and look from the outside that I'm at the pinnacle of this sport. Like, yep. there is no there is no higher level than, than where I'm at now, you know? So, that's, it's humbling, and at the same time, it's just something that I need to constantly remind myself that, you know, like, there is nothing above this in our sport to go from here like i'm at the top of the top and i'm with the best team that there is and you know like i have a great team around me and since i was five years old like this is what i've wanted to do and and to make it here and to be given the opportunity you know is is something that like i said i just i just need to be mindful of that and uh and just and just think about that you know when i'm when i'm frustrated or not happy with, yeah. with how it went well joey thank you so much for coming on tonight i know probably you don't always want to have to do this stuff, especially, you know, when you're, you've been working hard all day. We, it means a lot to us that you came on and we look forward to seeing you at a one and seeing what you can do this year. I appreciate it guys. Thanks for having me on. And, uh, hopefully it's a good year for me. I think it's going to be, man. Just, uh, look, like I said, enjoy it, you know, keep the competitive side, find that balance of being competitive, but also enjoying it. And you're going to, you're going to do great, dude. Well, I appreciate it, man. And like I said, thank you guys for having me on. Absolutely. And, uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Okay, Joey. Thank you, bud. See you. Yep. Okay, so we're going to wrap this up. We're going to go to a commercial. We'll be back with Cooper Webb in just a few minutes. Hey, Kylie. Does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses shock socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork seals. So if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork seals, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. Dark Side here. Are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics? Are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer? Well, if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Char at 
1472 or email char char at mxgirl.com and that's mxgirl g-u-r-l and tell her moto xpod sent you mad jack synthetics is an independent dealer of amsoil synthetic oils amsoil has been around for 45 years and was the first company to bring synthetics to the general public in 1972 since then amsoil has led the way in application specific oils and fluids designed solely for your cars trucks motorcycles boats and more We understand what your needs are when it comes to protecting your investments, whether it be your motorcycles or the vehicle you use to transport your motorcycles. Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics is nationwide with customers and warehouses all across the USA and Canada. By joining the Preferred Customer Program, anybody can buy Anzoil products factory direct at wholesale pricing. Want to stock it at your shop or use it on your fleet of vehicles for your business? Would you like to become an Anzoil dealer and have a tax write-off for your trips to the track or trail and start selling Anzoil to your friends and fellow racers? With Anzoil, you get free shipping on orders over $100, even when you are a wholesale customer. Contact Dane Evans to find out how it all works. We at Mad Jack Synthetics are riders and racers just like the guys at the Moto X Pod Show. We know what you need to keep you in the game week in and week out. Amazon Incorporated is a sponsor of many of your favorite series. Monster Energy Supercross, Snowcross, ATV MX, Daytona Bike Week, the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally, GNCC, King of the Hammers, Hot August Nights Car Show, and Motorcycle Mechanics Institute. Contact Dane and tell him the Moto X Pod Show sent you. Let him help you save money on your maintenance using Amsoil. Contact Dane at 805-531-9551 or toll-free at 855-623-5225 or at madjackdiesel.shopamsoil.com. Like us and contact us on Facebook at DaneAmsoilGuy, on Twitter at Dane underscore Evans 393, and on Instagram at Dane underscore AmsoilGuy. What's up, Moto X Pod listeners? This is Darkside. And as motocross racers, one of our top priorities is safety. That's why Allsport Dynamics wrist braces are one of my favorite products. Allsport Dynamics sees themselves as the Picasso of safety braces. Their passion for design and developing beautiful braces never stops. They've had the privilege to work with some of the largest names in the sports industry and have established a reputation for always bringing innovation to the table with every brace. For the pro chasing the championship or the six-year-old whose mom wants to avoid a broken bone, Please try Allsport Dynamic Wrist Braces. Go to motocrosswristbrace.com or check out Instagram at wristbraceguy or call 936-569-1003 and ask for Jeff Brewer or Gary White. And keep in mind, these are the wrist braces that Justin Bogle, Joey Savacci, Weston Pike, Adam Cianciarello, Matt Gerke, and Brock Tickle wear in their pro careers. Check them out, Allsport Dynamic Braces. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. With research and development, they have become a leader in safety and comfort. Fly Racing is worn by many of the top athletes in motocross and supercross, including Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Andrew Short, Damon Bradshaw, and Adam and Tyler Entenapp. The 2019 Fly Racing line includes the popular Light Hydrogen, the new Evolution DST line, the all-new Women's Light line, a redesigned F2 helmet, the FR5 boot, 
and Zone and Zone Pro goggles. Fly Racing also has hard parts for mountain bike products and snow gear. Go to flyracing.com or check out your local dealer for more info. All right, we're back after that break. Uh, Cooper Webb did not answer. He, he blocked us probably, but maybe he'll call us back here in a little bit. But in studio, we've got a special guest, Colin Allen. He is a local Texas fast kid. He just got a deal with EBR, Team EBR. Colin, what's up, dude? Uh, not much, man. I just got my ride. I'm super stoked about it and just ready for the next year. How old are you, Colin? I'm 13. 13 years old. Got a, a team deal. Going to be making the big bucks down in the future probably. How long have you been riding? I've been riding ever since I was uh, five years old, and so that would be about eight years now. Yeah, right on. And and how'd you get into it? Your dad into it, or just what you see it on TV and want to get get involved, or what happened? Really, I don't remember when I was that young. All I remember <laughs> is just that it was a Christmas bike, and I liked okay. it a lot. And we just went to a few local races and got into it. What was your first local race? Do you remember? Uh, it was uh, Burleson. Oh wow! Okay, a lot of people get their start there. Yeah, at Old yeah. Burley. That's a pretty. Old Burley. That's an old school Texas track, real narrow, not a lot of jumps. So, I mean, what's your favorite thing about motocross? What do you like about it the most? Definitely, probably the whipping and the jumps. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. So, so like you're you like you post the stuff on your IG feed and what do they call that? Uh, Insta bangers. You do Insta bangers. Yeah, I do a lot of those, and also a lot of it is like my friends. Yeah, I've met a lot of really good people through motocross, so it's just awesome. So you, th- go ahead. No, you go ahead. So this weekend at Ponca, you had some up. You had an up and down weekend, huh? This is the last time on on Dad's bikes. So, uh, so what? How, how did your weekend go? I, like I said, you had some up and down finishes. Yeah, it was pretty good. My first motos weren't the best. I mean, some top threes, but it's still it's what I was asking for. But uh, second motos, I was doing really good, and I uh, just unfortunately went down and had some bad starts and. Just kind of didn't hit my marks, but I still I was happy with how I rode. I ran the, some of the fastest lap times, so I felt that it was definitely a high and low. Yeah. Did you have any of the mud motos? Uh, no. I think it wasn't really a mud moto. It never really got too muddy there. It rains a lot, but that track holds water very well. What did you think of the facility? TJ was telling us like downtown, right in the center of town. I mean, was it pretty cool? Oh yeah, we've been there for a, we've gone there. A, couple of years i've now. never been so that's why I, I don't know anything about it yeah it was our first time there and yeah. i'd never been to a track that was like like literally city. downtown <laughs> it was pretty cool right there next to the airport it was it was actually really cool so when do you get your bikes and stuff from ebr have you picked those up yet or how's that working? um so i don't know if i'm gonna be riding them at minios okay um there's probably a 50 50 chance i don't know if they're gonna give me the bike early enough just because i I don't want them to give me the bike and then it'd be, it'd be, not have enough time. Yes. Don't ride it, yeah. yeah, I think Ethan did that last year and he kind of struggled on, yeah, on, the, yeah, on the bike because they didn't have any time on it. Yeah. So that's smart. That's smart. So you are you know, you're going to be out underground this next year or you know, quick training facility. Um, how you like him working with Kyle Regal and all that? I like Kyle a lot because he's super young. He's been there. He's rode all these top amateur tracks and nationals. He's just been with the pros. He knows you know how to do it and. That's cool. And, and do you have like a, a personal trainer or is that something that you do at Underground? Do you have somebody that work, helps you with your workout program and your, your diet and all that? Are you already at that level where you're worrying about that kind of stuff? Yeah. Um, I have a personal fitness trainer named Nile Prue. He's a super good guy, super nice, amazing. And then we have Kyle who does, you know, obviously the training. And then sometimes we'll have mechanics, you know. It's not always like a full-time mechanic, yeah. but sometimes we'll be there, sometimes he's not, so – 
Well, and then when you look, who's your favorite? Who do you look up to in the pro ranks? Who's like the guy that you want to be? It was Dungy, and then he, you know, he retired. But right now, I'm probably, probably gonna have to go for someone like a Cooper Webb. Okay. So is and is that your like how you want to model yourself after is, is a Dungy who's really smooth and consistent and sometimes when you know okay I can't win this race you're gonna back it down or do you want to be that guy that's like sometimes Tomac was like no nope, I'm gonna go after the guy no matter what I would definitely be more of a Dungy just because he's more consistent he doesn't yeah. get hurt as much and Smart. he's always smooth and he always gets you know he's a four time championship so I would right. want that. Cool. That's that's a smart kid, man. I mean that that really you know consistent. They say consistency wins championships. Um, so that's smart. It's hard to do as a racer sometimes. You know, you see that kid in front of you, especially if it's somebody that either is like your mortal enemy or your best friend. You're like, ah, I have to beat that guy. But if you can mentally say, not today, you're gonna have a good career probably. Yeah, that's good. How about the mental coaching? Does your mom and dad talk to you about you know keeping your head on straight, being smart, doing your schoolwork, staying yeah. away from girls? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, they definitely told me to stay away from girls, just especially at my age, because, yeah. you know. They're demons. Yeah. <laughs> they run motocross. Yeah, but other than that, I mean, my parents have supported me through everything. You know, I wouldn't be where I am without them, so I really just got to give it all to them. How did this uh, EBR deal come about? Did they just see you, and, or did you, like, send a resume in, or how did that come about? No, I'm pretty sure they came to us. We were with them back when I was on 60, okay. early 65s, and we liked them, and then we kind of went you know, towards a different path and just, they came to back to us. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So it's, it's really cool seeing you do that. And I, and watching you race through these years, I know you're real good friends with Shan Garcia is one of our sponsors here. Shock socks. Shock and socks. So I've, he's always said it when he's announcing, he's always said, Colin cookie monster, Allen. What, <laughs> what, what is that about? I, I've never asked. So, um, one year we, uh, it was one of my first few local races. We brought him a batch of cookies and oh. as just, you know, just stuck. Just that was it. Yeah. We know Shan well, likes to eat. When I gave them to him, when he took them, I snuck one out. Oh. Nice. <laughs> have you ever, like, hung out with Shan outside of a track? Like, have you ever sat down and ate a meal with Shan? Uh, we probably have. Yeah. It's scary, that. dude. I don't, like, I, I, we went to eat at, I think it was Hooters, and he ate, like, three entrees. Wow. And he, that sucker never stops eating. He'll eat and eat for hours and just keep eating. And I don't know how he does it. It's scary. Yeah. He's like a bottomless <laughs> pit. But I love Shan. He's a good dude. So, yeah, I, I assume then you're running Shock Socks. Yeah, right now I am. Yeah. Are you going to be able to do that with the uh, EBR or is that probably not, with the um, team deal not allowed, you know? Probably not just because they they have a certain, you know, sponsors. Yeah. 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 That kind of stinks. How about like gear deals? What do you have? What do you, who are your sponsors currently? Currently, gear is Troy Lee. Uh, I don't have a boot company right now. Um, Roost does my graphics. Mika does my bars. Mm-hmm. Moto Seat, um, Addiction Industries, Dunlop, GoPro. Cool. Those are more of the main ones. And so. do you know if any of those will be able to transfer over? Will you be, or is it a complete gear? It's a complete, gear, it's a right? complete yeah, team it's a deal team with them. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'll probably be able to take maybe a few over yeah. more on the clothing side. Be like maybe Addiction. I uh, know Dunlop's gonna already be over there. Right. And, you know, maybe some of those little, little ones. Okay. Well, yeah, you're, you're learning early about, I mean, it's the business side, too. I mean, that's, that's got to be tough when you've been with somebody for a long time. I don't know how long you've been with TLD or Shock Socks, but that's just part of the sport, I guess. When there's these team deals, sometimes you got to let your, your past relationships go to a degree. That's probably not an easy thing. How so, about, 
Go ahead. I say you got plans for doing the Supercross Future stuff this year, or are you all just going to do the amateur um, NAS? I'm not very sure. We were going to do it, but I, I just think we never got around to it. Uh, I'll ask my dad about it. I've, I've wanted to do it last year. I just think it wasn't the right timing. You got Houston this year, right? It's the closest one. Yeah, yeah I think so. Houston, Houston is, yeah. Everything else is West Coast. Right. And, and East Coast. And, yeah. yeah. There's, what, eight total? Eight total plus Vegas, so right? Nine, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So nine total. I think you got to qualify into Vegas. Right. Yeah. Got to go to so many. There's something, something like weird about it. Like I think Vegas is one, and then the Monster Cup. You if is the finals. Is yeah. the finals? It's really weird. Yeah. But it's gonna be cool. So Colin, we we have this talk, and a lot of media does. Like we grew up riding outdoor motocross, but Supercross really seems to be the at the pro level the elite. Like it's the it's what everybody focuses on. Where's all the money is? All the big sponsors. It's kind of where the future seems to be going, more and more Supercrosses, maybe less Nationals. Is that something that you get to do now is ride a little Supercross here and there? Is there anywhere that you train? And do you like that if you get to do that? Yeah, I, I do like Supercross more because it's flowy, but we just built a new Supercross and Arena Cross track out at Quicks Motor Ranch. Mm-hmm. But I don't like it as much as Motocross just because okay. it really drains a lot of energy because you're always having to, you know, like always, you know, Put a lot of effort when you're hitting like bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably a little easier once you get on big bikes. I guess it makes sense that on a little bike, it is a lot, a lot of work, work to yeah. get over everything. Yeah, I never sense. thought about that. No, I didn't either. Well, what do you think about uh, at Monster Cup? You know, we had the the, the amateur all stars and what they call the super other? mini class. Super mini class. We got like Ryder D. You think that's cool that at that big stage on TV, live on TV, they're letting letting the younger kids race? Yeah, I do like that a lot. I wish they would do it maybe like 65s and, you know, 85s just for everyone. Yeah. Just as like a, a big national. But I do like the Super Mini just because once you get into those ranks, you can feel what it's like to be in a big stadium and really prove yeah. how you can do. And right. Next year, it will, the, and the like I said, the Supercross Futures will go to the uh, – it'll probably be Sunday, the day yeah, after. Yeah, I doubt it would be televised. But, yep. you know, I know they've talked about even – there's been r- – discussion about doing away with the super minis at monster cup and doing just the amateur all-stars and maybe adding like a, a separate 250 class only or something i think 125 i heard somebody yeah something say. like That'd that because cool. i mean yeah. like Ryder d told us last week that that it, it really was overwhelming like it took him by surprise being in that stadium and he got a little overly excited and, and he's also we, a we midget on that bike he's, he's little bitty <laughs> he's a little bitty he's probably about the same size as you colin I don't, yeah he yeah. moved up to the super mini early yeah 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 so well, cool, man. So, what's your next big? I guess Minios is the next big thing you're you're training towards. Yep. And when is that, JT? Um, Two weeks. Three weeks. Three uh, weeks. Yeah, because Thanksgiving about... weekend of November. Yep, because oh, I wow. leave and I'm gone for three weeks and then I fly out there. So. Well, cool. Well, Colin, man, I appreciate you coming sitting in with us a little bit. Um, you go ahead. I got. I'm checking. I think Cooper may have texted us back. Uh oh, I was checking on Cooper. You're about to get set aside for Cooper and for Cooper well, Webb. Yeah, if you're a Cooper Webb fan, sit in. Uh, no, that wasn't Cooper. That was Vanessa O'Brien. So yeah, we um, let's take a little break and we'll regroup and see what's going on. All right, we are back once again. Uh, our next guest is brought to you by MX Girl Designs. If you're looking to make your modern bike pop or freshen up your vintage bike, Charlene at MX Girl Designs can fix you up. Contact Char at mxgirl.com for info. But on, on the line with us right now is TLD KTM amateur superstar Derek Drake. What's up, Derek? How's it going? Going good, man. We're uh, we're just out here in Texas wishing we were getting a ride, but it's been raining like crazy. So we're going to live vicariously through your last couple weekends, man. Um, 
How you feeling, dude? I mean, Monster Cup went killer for you. Uh, you were not at Ponca, from what I understand, but how's everything going? Yeah, everything's going really good. Um, yeah, Monster Cup was good. First one was at Bible Raiders. Um, you know, I got a bad start, but uh, only six laps. But the second one was great. Got a start that I wanted and um, ran away with it. So I've just been, been back in California, um, just continuing with Supercross, just like, because I'm going uh, Supercross next year, so... I'm just going to ride with the pros, my, ride with my teammates, and uh, act like I'm getting ready for A1, so I'll be that more prepared for next year. But, uh, yeah, just been doing all the stuff. Yeah, we get to travel to a lot of the amateur nationals, and I was watching the the Monster Cup, and with a couple people who weren't, like, I was at work, and there was a couple people that weren't really into moto, and I'm like, that kid, Derek Drake, he's going to kill it. I was like, you just watch. And then after the first one, they were like, what happened to that Derek Drake kid you kept talking about? And I'm like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what happened. He should have won. Yeah. And then after the second one, they were like, oh, I guess you were right. I guess you know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a pretty short race, so, you know, I wish it was a 15-lap main, you know? Yeah, yeah. So you uh, you going Supercross 19, or are you going to do 2020, or, or do Hangtown um, first? or? Um. I'm doing Hangtown uh, in May, so in May, yeah. I'll start out at Hangtown and then do Supercross 2020. Okay, so yeah, you you said you were going to practice Supercross like you were going to. I want to want to verify that you met t- 2020, not 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 in a couple months. So um, you yeah, do, yeah. you done racing now? You're gonna do mini O's in the Spring Nationals, or are you just gonna kind of hang back and um, do your own thing? I'm not doing mini O's this year. I'm just gonna um just keep on training, but. We have some ideas in the works on what to do on how to get ready, more prepared for Hangtown. So I'm just going to hit as many races as I can and, um, yeah, just come up swinging for Hangtown. So you'll be going to the future stuff to get your points? Is that what you're going to do? Um, yeah, well, I got my points last year, actually. Oh, cool. I got it a year ahead. Um, yeah, but I did two of those future races when they had them last year. They only had four rounds, I believe. Right, right. So I just did Anaheim and Phoenix and... Then I had to do one arena cross. I went up to Reno and got that other point. So cool. Yeah, I'm all I'm all pointed up. Well, are you going to try to run a few of them anyway, just to to be there, or, or stay away from it? Um, it just depends. I'll probably watch the first one, see how they do the tracks and stuff. Because last year was pretty mellow, and yeah, you know. So I'll see how the tracks are this year and decide if I want to do one or not. Yeah, I think Glendale round two is the first of the amateur. Yeah. So cool, man. Well, um, so. Loretta's went pretty. Loretta's went great for you. You won the 2018 Nikki Hayden Award. Um, tell us what that means in, for, to you, and then of course winning the 250A and Open Pro Sport. Yeah, I mean, coming <laughs> into that event, I knew I was, I knew I was good, but everything clicked just right. Uh, I had starts all week. I was up front all week, and um, yeah, I just I pulled it off. I never might, never, never thought I'd be able to do that coming in on 65s, but. You know, this year was my year, and I pulled it off. Yeah. So going into Loretta's, like, what were your expectations as you're as you're driving or flying to the track? Like, what what's going through your mind? What are you hoping for? As far as I mean, obviously you're hoping to win, but like, what where yeah. are you settling? Like, okay, top three is okay with me, or you know, what are you thinking in your mind? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't because I'm not going to go pro till Hangtown, so it's not like I wasn't going to get a bill, you know? So, right. Um. Yeah, my teammate was going to was playing on the last three, so I was like, oh, like, and then other guys were going to the last three, so I was just hoping that my really goal was to just, just to get good starts because I knew if I got good starts, I knew I'd be up there. So, um, yeah, I 
achieved my goals for sure. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I mean, I I think like there's a lot of hype around you now after Loretta's. Does that affect you any? Are you okay with pressure? I mean, a kid at your level has a lot of pressure anyway. Um, I would think from the you know the teams are grooming you to be their next champion. Um, but winning Loretta's did that add any pressure? Uh not at all. I mean, I wanted everything. Was, I took all positives from it, and you know, I, I, then I went to Monster Cup, and I was feeling good all day, so I knew I, I was gonna have a good night. But um, yeah, like I said, the first one I didn't how didn't <laughs> want to go how it went, but yeah. Then I, I went back to went back to the truck. I washed my motor. I'm like, well, uh, all I gotta do is get a start, and I'll know I'll I'll win it. So. Nice. Really focus on the start and got it done. So that TLD looks like a rocket ship when you get off the gate good. Oh, yeah. If I get off the gate, I'm good. <laughs> so I guess um, looking back on the amateur career that I guess technically is over for you, what are some – I mean, obviously winning Loretta's and the stuff that this year, but before that, where do you think like it turned for you where you were able to take the next step to get to where you are now? Um. Really, my turn was when I got on the TLD team um, after shoot minis because I had a really good shoot mini year, and and then as soon as I got on the factory uh, TLD team, it it really just uh, gave me a kick in the butt and said, you know, I'm gonna do this. So I did my 125 year, I won a couple of championships, and then I on my B year, B year, I won freestone, and I got hurt after that, and then um, yeah, it just came out swinging for my A year. That's right. Um, so you're training with Randy Lawrence. I mean, he's got a lot of experience. He's been in the business for a long time. He's worked with McGrath. What has he helped you with um, with your program? And then what are has he given you any, like, 90s stories? Oh, yeah. Um, I'll hang out at his house just to, after a workout, I'll just go to his house and chill out and listen to all stories and tell me all. It's endless with him, like <laughs> – he he remembers every supercross with Jam. He remembers every outdoors with Bill Poto. He remembers right. He remembers everything, and yeah, just you ask him a question, he'll answer right then and there. And wow, um, he needs to write a book. Me a lot on, yeah, he he does for <laughs> sure. Um, but how about your training yeah. and your riding? And what does he what does he help you with the most? Uh, I would say mental um, mental stuff with him. He's really good at it. Um, on race days too, he's super calm and. He knows what to do. He's been there countless of times, and he's handled a lot of pressure in his days too. So sure, um, he knows exactly. Like before Loretta's, he knew. Before my motos, he knew exactly what to do, and I followed it and worked out. That's cool. Like I, you're talking about the mental side, and that's that's extremely important in what you're doing as the pressure gets more and more as you get into the pro career. And I really love like just talking to you right now. You're, you're, you seem very well-spoken. You seem like a very happy kid. And, and I'm seeing this a lot as we talk to the amateur kids. Like we've talked to Jet Reynolds and Ryder D and Carson Mumford. All you guys seem to be so well-adjusted. Um, what do you think, like as far as, as you grow into a pro career, do you think you can keep the the fun of the sport? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I like I'm in California right now and, um, you know, well, AP was in California is, is, uh, when he won both titles this year. So yeah, he had fun. And, um, I would see him every week on practice track. I knew exactly. Like, I'd see him ride every single week and I knew what he was doing. 
just having fun. And, um, yeah, so there's no shortage of fun with hanging out with uh, Randy and my training partner, Carson, and um, M- Mumford. So, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, we have, a, we have a lot of fun just hanging out. We go to the lake and we got stand-up jet skis and, um, yeah, we, yeah. We, we have some fun. That's something that he mentioned and then, like, Ryder and Jet both mentioned that they're buddies off the track. They hang out. They ride bicycles. They ride skateboards, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So, as you, again, as you get into the pro career and you're battling with some of these guys like Carson, and, and I don't know what your relationship is with Hammaker and, uh, you know, Mitchell Falk. I'm assuming mm-hmm. you guys get along. But do you think you can continue that that friendship even as you're battling for championships? And if you take one of them out or if they take one, they take you out on a given weekend – are you mm-hmm. capable of letting that go and being like, Hey dude, what's up? You know, later on and, and let's go ride some jet skis. Oh, for sure. I mean, um, yeah, I'm, I'm capable of doing that. I don't, I don't really have any hard feelings yeah. at all. So, um, I was like, I actually got killed my weaknesses. Cause like someone will be like, you know, push me around on track and I was like, whatever dude. Like, <laughs> like I, like I don't really care, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've taken, there's been days where, um, Carson and I will be battling. I'll be, we'll be doing sprints, and I, you know, we'll get close, and you know, we'll get like butt hurt for a quick second. But when we go home, we have lunch together, and we're all we're all buddies again. That's good. I think that's that that's something I I'm really really excited about the next few years of our sport. After talking to the kids that are amateurs now, like yourself, that I just think you guys all seem like you get along. And I think there's going to be a lot of fun, and you know, hopefully. When you when guys like yourself are on the podium, it's going to be a little more uh, a little more entertaining, a little more. You know, I, mm-hmm. I'm look I'm really looking forward to the future of our sport with the group of kids coming up in the next three or four years. Yeah, definitely. I, I think it, it's going to change, and um, yeah, exactly. Like uh, the next five years will be a lot different than how it is now. So I think so. Um, it, yeah, it, it's going to be fun for sure. So. Give me a little bit of your background. Like, when did you did you start? Are you one of those kids that started at four years old riding? Your dad got you into it, or what's your history? Yeah, um, I got a bike, a JR50, on my third birthday, and um, you know I just rode it around our house at three. Ran into garages. Yeah. Wow. Wide, yeah, wide open to some garage doors, bent the fork, <laughs> head on with cars. Like, oh yeah, I learned. I I mean, I was I didn't know what I was doing, you know. So. Right. Yeah, then, then we'd go out to desert on family trips, like Thanksgiving. We'd have our full family out there, and I'd be just riding around. And then, yeah, I just grew up. I grew up really. I mean, I grew up in uh, Central Coast, California. Like, like you know, um, like Jesse Nelson grew up, like Templeton, San Luis. Um, we're all around there. Like Tyler okay. Barron, we're all from the we're all from the same area. Yeah, us three. So, yeah, I grew up with with them and riding and. Um, just the hills and trails, and that's where I, a lot of my, I feel like, bike stuff is now, just growing up on that stuff, and now it's kind of, uh, I'm translating into how I ride now. Well, how did how did riding like that in the hills and out in the desert translate to going to your first motocross race? Exactly. I mean, my first motocross race, uh, I think I got fourth, but um, I miles back then, I didn't know what I was doing. Sure. I didn't know. Oh, I know the gate dropped, and I just do a couple laughs. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's so it fun though. You started from really young age. You're one of the kids that are, we're going to see coming up for the next few years. That, like, 
Unlike McGrath yeah. and guys who didn't start until they were like twelve, you you don't remember not riding. Yeah, exactly. I I really yeah I really don't. But I have a lot. Like my life is just riding. Like I'll go home and um, hang out with friends, and I, I have a lot of I have personal life too. So yeah. it's like it's nice to get away from it. And Derek, how old are you right now? I uh, nineteen. I turned nineteen in August. Okay, so you're a little okay. I, I was thinking you were a little bit younger than that. So. I, yeah. I like to ask all the younger kids this, just because it's. I think it's kind of funny, but like, what do your, what does your team or your parents tell you about like dating and girls? Like, is that a no go right now? You stay away from the women. Well, I've had a girlfriend for about five years now. So, okay. Um, yeah, we're getting along great, and yeah, it's all it's all good. Well, what what is her role um, at the track? Is she very involved? Because we see a lot of guys yeah. like Kyle Chisholm and his wife have been together since they were like 13 years old, going to the track together. Uh, Marvin and Matil, same thing. So, so what's her role in your program? Um, we all we go to the races, and um, her dad promotes races like on the uh, West Coast. So, oh, cool. Um, yeah, she'll make me food, lunch, make sure I'm eating and hydrated. Right on. That's good, man. Oh, yeah, good yeah. luck. That that I mean, I, do you know Chris Kiefer? Uh, yeah, I do. I was at the um, Carson Mumford spot, and yeah, uh, yeah. he was there. Okay, well, yeah, Kiefer swears by having a good home life, even at your age, man. If you got a good chick, you're going to be doing good. That's that's the Chris Kiefer program. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's what it's been like for the past couple of years. So, All I'm right, so a uh, couple more questions here. How about growing up, who were your idols riding? Uh, growing up, um, Ricky, I mean – I mean, after that, like, after Ricky, I'd never really had a favorite. Like, I didn't care. Like, yeah. it, you know, I wasn't, like, full bore this guy. But Once when you, I was younger, like, eight years old, it was it was Ricky for sure. Once you go Ricky, you can't go back. I mean, no <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Then, like, it was, then it was, like, Villapoto and then, you know, Dungey. But I could never, like, I, I, I really didn't care. I'm a big Ricky fan myself. I, was, I mean, I take – uh, when Blake Baggett took the number four, and then he was, <laughs> and before that I liked him at, on 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 two fifties, and he got the number four. Then it kind of I was like submitted me as a Baggett fan now. So yeah, so you're really just a fan of the number four? No, no, okay. I was I, I was I a mean, Baggett fan before he took the number <laughs> okay, four. It just okay. cemented it. Right, then. right, yeah, yeah. Derek, how about yeah. music, man? What are you into music? Um. Yeah, I mean, that's the music I've really done the track. It's usually just some some rock and roll, you know. Okay, that's where that you're 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 talking to my heart now. What like what kind of what's rock and roll to you? What are you listening to? Um, you got all like Metallica. I mean, uh, ACDC. Okay. All um, wow, you in, that, in that era. You yeah. haven't met uh, Darkside in person, but uh-huh. when you see, you realize he is hardcore, nothing but rock. Like you. <laughs> Probably doesn't even know yeah, one like I'm, one rap like group or definitely nothing. not a country funny. song. De- definitely it's not funny a country. because <laughs> like I when I was younger at home and at home we we would go to the lake a lot in the summer and my parents would just be on the boat just listening to that stuff. So I never I just grew up on it. Yeah, you know? good. They raised you right. I'm I'm proud of your parents. <laughs> hey, as long as yeah. you say no to country music, everything else is fine. But country music is the devil. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the now stuff's pretty bad. Like I, I can't really listen to it. <laughs> right, right. Well, Derek, man, I, I thank you for coming on, man. It was really cool getting to talk to you. Uh, 
tell Shay thank you for hooking this up. She's rad. Um, yeah. Man, we look for nothing but good things out of you and look forward to getting a chance to actually meet you in person. Uh, if you're at Glendale, well, I'll be at Glendale and I'll be and at A1. A1. Yeah, we'll all be there. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm for sure going to be at A1. So. Okay. Well, I'll hit you up and uh, come say hi to you, and we'll we'll maybe we'll talk some more music. Yeah, we'll have to yeah, get with Ralph Shaheen. Sure. Get with Ralph Shaheen, and maybe there'll be some good bands playing. Ralph's a big metalhead. All right, Derek. I'll be good. Cool, man. Well, well, thank thanks. you, guys. Yeah, buddy. Thanks, thanks for coming on, and we'll talk to you soon. It. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Okay. So, like every amateur A rider right now is is um is making a sigh of relief saying that Drake's not going to be there at, um, at, Minios. at Minios or any of the other big national stuff, probably. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, he killed yeah, everybody he all year. It, man. I mean, he, yeah, he's, he's fast. And you watch him. He's like, he's, he's smooth, but aggressive. It's a weird, it's weird mix of going very smooth and very, very fast. So yes. Like he just checked out the second that second moto or heat or whatever they call it at, at Monster Cup. Yeah, motos, I think. Yeah, he just he was just gone. Definitely, these 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 kids coming up, man. They're just I think the sport's just gonna be taken to He's a whole got like other a level. Fifty five horse, two fifty under him, so <laughs> <laughs> it makes a difference. It does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we put um we put Doc's bike in the schoolboy two class and. You could tell who had the factory bikes out there. Right. He did not. He did not. It looked like he was sitting still on the start. <laughs> he was so. also being a goon, but it was, yeah, he did get motored. Yes. Got to do some more motor work for, for the B class. Yeah, you hear that crowler? You gotta, we got we to gotta send that head off or something. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's talk about the uh, the helmet giveaway. Like, um, well, we got the Amsoil two-stroke giveaway. Let's talk about that first. Uh, any it. thoughts on how you want to do that? I put it in my two-stroke. <laughs> How do we want our listeners to win a two-stroke Amazon kit? Hmm. Any thoughts? I haven't even thought about it. I'm okay. not very good at this stuff as far All as right, figuring well, out what to well, do. Let's to figure give it that away. out in a little bit. But I want to remind everybody that we we did the helmet giveaway back. I think we gave it away, unveiled it at Millville. Yeah, Millville. Millville. Yep. Um, Sorry, Kirk Hunter with Extreme Colors painted that helmet that Fly donated, and we basically just had you. Let us know you listen to the show, and we put your name in a drawing, and our Patreon supporters got two drawings in that. I want to do something similar, but just we're going to come up with a way. We've got a while. Before, we're probably not going to give this helmet away until, like, probably A1. So keep in mind that we're going to be giving away a custom-painted helmet, and whatever we're going to do, we want it to be something that promotes the show. So we, we're going to come up with something where you got you listeners, in order to win this helmet – Either, you know, posting about us on social media or something. But we're going to come up with something. Just keep in mind it's coming. And, and we'll let you guys know in a little bit by the end of the show. And check out Kirk Hunter's Extreme Colors. Yes, Extreme Colors with an X. X-T-R-E-M-E. Colors with a K. Yeah. K-O-L-O-R-S. Um, yeah, Kirk Hunter Colors. does some amazing work. Yeah. He, he's been painting helmets since basically people started Forever. doing custom <laughs> helmets. And he can yeah. do... Like I know the '90s are kind of hot now, and I've seen some of his stuff that has that '90 retro look to it. Right. It's it's well. The coolest thing is if you don't win this helmet, his prices for painting a helmet have not changed since he started in like the early '90s. It's two ninety five for a paint job. That's so. No cheap. matter what you get done, yeah. I mean three hundred bucks. You can't beat that, and they're great. I've got one that's painted by him. Half the guys I've in East Texas have one painted by him. 
Yeah, it's so cheap but, compared to like AP Designs are charging eight nine hundred dollars yeah. for a helmet painting. And, and yeah. his is his as good if not better than some of the stuff I've seen out there. I mean, it's real. It's actually really good, and it, he has an original look. When you see his paint jobs, you can. I mean, you know, it's it's, it's his look because yeah. he does some really really interesting things with the paint. The way it looks like he obviously I've never watched him do it, but he obviously uses brushes and and different things in the paint job as he does them. It's it's next level, guys. Check yeah. him out, Kurt Hunter. It's really cool for him to do this because he's painting a helmet that we're giving away. It's not costing us, so it's right. awesome. He's going to paint three helmets this year for us, for our fans, for free to donate. So and he's not like coming on a lot going, of his time. And, I want to be a sponsor. He just yeah. thinks it's cool and yeah. he wants to help out the fans. And so, yeah. So we are, and I, you know, you were talking about what he does within the work, you know, being the Star Wars nerd I am, he painted me one. Yep. That looks like Luke Skywalker's X-wing helmet, and what he did is he like literally chipped the paint. Yep. Before he sealed it, so it looked like it was battle damaged. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, was it's like, a good looking helmet. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. It's it's pretty cool. I thought that was a neat little uh, little. Like what, I said, detail. Some things that you don't see from yeah. other people, which is which is really cool. And like you said, the price is is pretty inexpensive, especially from the cheapest guy in the world. Right. Yeah, right. For me, I even have one. So I mean, if I can afford it or get it done, so. All right, so we're going to take another break here in a minute. Uh, we're going to try to get a hold of Cooper. We've got another guest coming up, uh, Mr. Bill Stuver with Ponca, and we'll let you know how we're doing this Amsoil thing in a little while also. But, guys, run Amsoil, support our sponsors, Shock Socks, MX Girl Designs, Fly Racing, Torque One Racing, All Sport Dynamics, Mad Jack Synthetics, Power Band Racing. We'll be right back. All right, boys, we are back for another segment, and on the line we have the chairman of ABC Race Association. They put on Ponca, Mr. Bill Stever, and he is brought to you by Power Band Racing. Uh, if you guys need suspension work, they are dedicated to providing the best service and products. They are committed to developing new products that improve your ride. Contact Power Band Racing for uh, any info, 320-983-3400. Let them know the Moto X Pod Show sent you. Mr. Stever, how are you doing tonight? Great, great. We're doing an excellent tonight. Just getting back from the racetrack, kind of summing things up out there and putting stuff away. I about to say, there was probably one heck of a muddy mess to clean up out there. Yeah, we've been spending the last two evenings trying to get the track back rideable, because I know this weekend we're going to have some local riders that want to go out, and it was rutted up pretty bad, and there's a lot of mud that needed to push back on the track and smoothed out, so... That was the last two nights' mission to get it ready for this weekend, so other people can ride. Well, we know that the the big amateur nationals you're trying to bring that back to uh, the level it you know was it was it used to be you know get it back where it's considered one of the best. I mean, it's always been considered one of the great amateur nationals. Um, how are you guys moving forward, trying trying to promote this thing where it gets bigger and bigger every year? Well, we pretty much, you know, relying on uh, Harold Martin and Moto Playground. I mean, that's their forte. That's what they do well. Uh, so we got full confidence in what they're doing for us, and they have such a huge national swap that, I mean, we're 100% confident that you will see a, an easy 10% growth, if not more, per year, you know, for the next, you know, 7 to 10 years. And our goal is get it back to where we got, you know, back to that 2,000 entry level. Yeah. I think it can happen. It's just going to take some time. Where are you going to put all the people? <laughs> well, actually, that's funny. You ask. Uh, we're we're going to hear 
not too terribly long, probably the next two weeks, start negotiations with the airport and try to expand the park a little bit to the west. Oh, okay. I mean, the, the airport has a pretty substantial piece of property there that's obviously unused. Uh, they have to have you know setbacks from the runway, but uh, we're looking at trying to 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 move some fence. We have some fence that needs replaced anyway, and see if we can work a deal with them to move uh, move and, and gain some some area to the west. Um, you know, and we, we can tighten things up. I mean, we've been fairly lax in how we park people last few years, and if we we get back the way it was when uh, you know back in 2010, we had 2,600 entries at the max. Then, and uh, we we can make it happen. It's just going to have to be. If people are just going to have to understand, you can't take a bunch of real estate. You're going <laughs> to have to pack in pretty tight. But we can make it happen. So yeah, they'd literally be on top of each other. Yeah, I mean, it's the thing we fight against. You know, everybody's got bigger, better motorhomes now. Right, it's be, for sure. Uh, larger than it was back then, but uh, still, uh, we can, like I said, we we can get them. We can get them in there efficiently and. You know, if we, if it's uh, if it's necessary, we do have some property to the north that we can lease if if we need to awesome. uh, to accommodate. So we have some room for expansion. So getting into the race this weekend um, or this last week, basically the the event, um, it it turned out amazing for us and for uh, as far as the experience at the track, y'all did an amazing job there. What goes in? I know Harold's doing a lot of the promoting and that kind of stuff. But what goes into the association, and how does all that work to put on such a a, a, ma- a major event? Well, we start roughly three months in advance. Uh, we obviously have communication with, with Harold and Moto Playground, the kind of things that they want to change or do different. And so we have a, a long list and a short list of things that need, need done you know, roughly three months in advance, and uh, we get on it. Uh, this year, we we built a new uh, registration building that was necessary to expand that because they was just completely out of room to do registration out of. In uh, just general things, we've added considerable amount of 50 amp, you know, RV services uh, that we haven't had in years past, and it's just get out there and mow the grass, get the place ready, uh, and we. we we started roughly three months in advance. So one of the things that caught me a, a bit off guard because of around here, it's anywhere you go, the cheapest place to ride is like $25. I noticed a box up at the front that said $10 a person. How does all yeah. that, how does it work? So let's say the national is over, this weekend's coming up. Can I mean, is it just an open park and you pay to ride? How does that work? Absolutely. You know, it's kind of on the owner system. Uh, we, uh, we do uh, do have prep practices occasionally, and we do advertise that on on Facebook under Ponca MX. And uh, and but just general come out and ride for a day. We charge ten dollars, and uh, and again it's on the honor system, and it, that basically covers uh, what we get out of that waiver box. Covers the diesel to 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 you know do some maintenance on the track. And right. We, Typical weekend, we'll have eight to ten people out, maybe twenty if it's a really nice weekend riding. And if we we, we figure it's going to be a good weekend, we will prep the track and water just get you know prep it up nice where it's where it's uh, you know easy to ride. Um, so on, that's how we do it. 
could have swore we heard over the announce over the weekend that um y'all were going to go to the great start and get rid of the concrete. Did we hear that right? Well, there's there's been some talk of that, and I, I really don't know where that stands. But I think the writing's on the wall that we're going to probably have to delete that concrete somewhere in the near future. Is if it's uh, mandated by AMA, I, I just don't know. But we we have a plan in place if that does you know come to that mm-hmm. uh, uh, to make that happen. It's a it, it's one of those things. Man, that concrete's nice because it's easy to maintain. But I know <laughs> right. a lot of people don't like, and we fully understand that. So, if we're told to delete it, uh, we've got a plan in place to make that happen. But again, that's probably not going to happen until we're really kind of told to do that. Got yeah, that's probably a pretty good expense. I mean, concrete ain't cheap, and tearing it out's not cheap either. Well, we we have some local contractors that uh, we can rely on to to come out there and cut it. And we do have equipment out there now that we can, with a skid steer and right. so forth, we we could pull it up fairly easily, uh, uh, <laughs> praying that we don't damage the gates, because if, if the gates get damaged, then that gets real expensive. Yeah. Really heavy, so. Hey, so but we do have a plan in place that does need it. We can make it happen. So, Bill, I, I, this is Dark Side, and I, I wasn't at Ponca, and I'll be honest, I've never been to Ponca as of yet. Um, but I hear how it's like right downtown in the middle of the city, uh, Walmart's right down the road. People are riding their pit bikes to the Walmart. How does the city, um, how do they, what's what I'm looking for? How are they involved? Like, are they okay with this? Do they, they enjoy the revenue that comes in? Is there any issues that are ever brought up? You know, there has been in years past, you know, and again, uh, uh, they they do monitor the situation and uh, they do frown on you know obviously just riding riding down a main four lane high rate way on a pit bike but again they're very supportive of the motocross uh, again that city property I mean they, the city does own that motocross track That's ABC cool. Race Association just manages it and 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 and, and does the work out there. So you know they're they're very supportive. I mean, from uh, you know from the city handling the power situation, you know electric, so forth, water, so forth. They they do help us considerably, and without them, we wouldn't be able to operate like we do. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, I, I work for a small city. I work for the public works department, and you know they are they're always looking for things. Oh, let's build this like a RC track for these kids, or let's build a skate park. I'm like, dude, build a motocross track. They, they. I can't get our city on board. I think it's pretty rad that Ponca does that. Yeah, they they do, and, you, and this this track obviously is fairly old, and, and it's yeah. uh, property uh, you know that they couldn't use for anything else other than a motocross track. It, it's it's got a, you know it's in a floodplain. It's nothing you can build on, I and mean, you couldn't build any you Structures. know permanent structure on there. So uh, it, it was perfect for motocross and, and they knew that and, and kind of the history of them was just a piece of property that they you know let let the community use to keep all the kids on their motorbikes off the city parks because they was riding around town on their on their motocross bike oh, okay. tearing up parks so they said all right instead of tear up everything else you can use this piece of property to ride on that's really how it started you know back in the late 60s early 70s uh so, and, you know, that's kind of how the whole thing started. It's just a piece of property that was really of no use, and they let them ride on it. Uh, I like it. So a couple of years back, well, Ponca used to be, it used to be the, you go to Ponca, 
and Loretta's, and that was like they were right there in that back to back. And then there, from the outside looking in, there seemed to be a fall off, and then you are working to bring it back. Uh, kind of a two part question: What caused that fall off, and then what made the decision to move it at the the time of the year and stuff? Well, the the fall off was you know function of parting you know ways with NMA. Uh, and that, that, that was considerable, you know, there where that, and then NMA moved to just 100 miles south of us, tried to operate for a few years. Uh, that had a lot to do with it. And then, uh, we hired another promoter, uh, RPM Sports, and they did a fair job, but still not, not adequate to our, our liking. And it got to the point where when their contract was up, um, that's when we got in conversation with Moto Playground and, and things really, you know, took off there. I mean, their mar- marketing stroke is phenomenal. Uh, and then they got the right people in the right places to really make, you know, Ponca great again, like they, they originally advertised. And, and they've, you know, they, they're, they're, they've exceeded our expectations. I mean, they really do have the pull to make it happen. Yeah, I like what they uh, say yeah. when they say under promise, over deliver. Yeah, that's that's one of their taglines, and, and I can I can with uh, confidence say that they they follow through with that. They really do, and uh, we've been very blessed to have them on board, and uh, we will make Pock great again uh, in one way or the other. And it's it's showing. I mean, we're third year into this, and it, this race was just phenomenal this year. I mean, if you had, if you weren't here, you should have been here. Yeah, other than the rain, the weather was awesome, man. You know, kind of chilly in the morning and awesome in the evening. And, you know, other than that little bit of rain and, you know, but y'all got the track back, to, you know, where it was, y'all had to put water on it by the end of the week. And it, I mean, it was great. Yeah. Were either of you here the first year in 2016? No, no. sir. Well, well, this little half an inch of rain that we experienced uh, Friday night, <laughs> was a blessing that was a perfect amount to really get the track to come around nice 2016 we had seven inches of rain day before we let everybody in the park half the park was underwater (laughs) and you know it was it was going to be a disaster but i'll tell you what really uh really (laughs) was impressive is I left the park with a half underwater, come back the next morning at 8 a.m., and could not believe how, you know, Tracy Freeman and his crew got that track put back and rideable. And and by 10 o'clock, when they started practicing, it was perfect. I mean, from seven inches of rain, you know, destroyed track to perfect rideable track is just crazy how they could do that. I think Ponca got a reputation real quick that it, it, no matter what happens, we're riding, we're racing. It will happen at Ponca no matter what. That's good. A lot of people would have canceled. Yeah, I mean, that's that's important because people spend a lot of money to get there. So, I mean, the, the fact that, you you know, they show up and if you were to cancel just because it was wet, I mean, that that's a lot of loss of money and people would be afraid to come back the next time. So, if you run right – Run the race, rain or shine. I think that's the best way to do it. Yeah, and, and it just again, uh, uh, Motor Playground and Herald uh, Martin. They they had enough people, enough equipment in place, you know, uh, to accommodate those kind of problems that could come up. I mean, 
not too many promoters would have spent uh, that amount of money and time to, to put together, you know, that size of team with that amount of equipment. I mean, they did because they were going to make this work no matter what. And actually, last year we had four inches of rain. Similar situation, not as bad, but again, yeah. plenty of people, plenty of equipment. Uh, you know, minor rain delay, we're racing within a few hours. I mean, there's not too many places, you know, can say they can do that. Right. Yeah, the um, the race move to October, I think, is a good deal because there's not a whole lot going on between Loretta's and Minio's. Yeah. Well, and two, it was a calculated deal. You know, you got to understand Motor Playground promotes for a lot of other people other than Tonka. And and it, it's it's a good move for a lot of reasons to to kind of put a little time separation between some of the other major events. Um, and for historically, it was buttoned up against Loretta's. Again, we'd like those kids that race Loretta's uh, to have an opportunity to race Tonka, and some of them couldn't because they were so close together. I mean, this with with no regrets moving it to this time of year was a perfect move. Uh, we, I mean, we, we love it too, cause we're not out there in the heat. Yeah. Right. To get the place sure it's ready. plus I mean, degrees in July. Yeah. And, and too, I mean, you could just tell by the mood of the people that was racing this weekend, great weather, man, it's such a much more enjoyable experience when you, when you're in this time of year. Yep. And I, 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 I will never, I don't foresee this race moving off this, uh, this time of year. I mean, it just won't happen. We're so happy with how it is. Well, man, I think y'all did a great race and a, and a, a whole. And I talked to you probably four or five times driving in and out of there before I even, I mean, realized that you were kind of the man in charge out there. And <laughs> you just talked to everybody. I watched you, uh, the all the crew there, the track workers, that everybody there was was very kind and easy to deal with. And and the city, the people in the city, seemed to be supportive of it. So y'all got a really good thing going and. And we really appreciate you coming on and kind of filling us in on that. Um, Definitely. I know it's going to be a, a staple on our calendar and anybody that, um, what's it, like I said, anybody that has a chance to go race it next year, you need to hit that place up because it was an amazing event. And and uh, ABC, y'all did a great job. And, and hopefully we hope for more better to come. It will happen. I mean, we're, we're anticipating, we're, you know, we're putting money back in the place to make it, you know, uh, a, a better venue each year. And, um, you know, thing, big things will happen. And uh, I don't know if you had a chance to uh, to experience the pit bike race, but, I mean, that was just over the top. Right. This year. Yeah. yeah that, and, and that track was really cool the way y'all had it set up. And, and the whole event turned out awesome. Um, before we get off of here, what do you, do y'all have more races coming up or other times that people could travel up there and hit a race up? Well, nothing planned as of now. We're kind of in limbo to see where things fall on, uh, AMA. If, if, if we're in the running for a, uh, you know, adult regional next year, um, uh, we've got other things in the works. Again, uh, we, we pretty much rely on motor playground to, to work their magic uh, and and bring this event that they feel is, is a good mix. Cool. Uh, we had a, you know, we realized we had an AMA youth regional in, in June this year, Paul, so that was just, you know, awesome event. I mean, well-received. 
uh, and that's the type of event we would really like to see at Ponca. You know, we have the facility to, to accommodate huge crowds, a lot of people, you know, and, and that's really the, the ones we're shooting for. Uh, as for smaller races, I just don't know. Nothing's on the schedule yet. Right. Uh, it's too early. Everybody's kind of winding down. <laughs> Those kind of things you usually decided about January. So gotcha. check back with me about January, and I probably can answer that question better. Hey, man, Sounds we good. really appreciate you. Thanks for coming on. And um, and when we get closer to, I guess, Ponca next year, maybe we'll get you on ahead of time, and yeah, we can promote, promote, it. promote it for you. Yeah, I'd love to. I can kind of give a fill in of what's changed and what people can expect. And we awesome. got a lot of things in the works there that, uh, you know, hopefully will come to fruition, you know, by middle of the summer. And it's things that will benefit, uh, you know, the racers and just make it a, a, a nicer venue. So, yeah, I'd All love right. to have you check back with me, you know, sometime uh, in the spring and tell you kind of what's up for sleeves. Sounds good, man. We'll do we'll, it, Bill. Thank you so much. We'll contact you or you contact us either way, man. All right, sounds good. All right, you have a good night. Thank you. Yep. See you. All right, you too. Mm, bye. All right, that was Mr. Bill Stever with Ponca. Um, so as of right now, um, oh, hang on, I got a text. Let me. What are you trying to do? Oh, and the call. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. This is our janky show. We're like sharing phones. Uh, let's see if this text is Cooper. If not, like a cute couple, we may have to reschedule him. He needs to be on. He needs to be oh, on on the six, anyways. Again. It needs to be on the sixth, anyway. Yeah, we're so. not going to talk about that though, right now. The secret of the sixth. We're not talking about it. It's just saying episode one hundred. Episode one hundred is going to be great. It's going to be great. It's going to well, be great. We we have a guest that I just got confirmed a little while ago that I'm super excited about. I thought it was going to happen earlier a few months ago. It didn't. But there may be a correlation between that guest and Cooper Webb that we're not going to tell you about. Um, but anyway, hey, so TJ, tell them you came up with a good idea for the two-stroke. Yeah, because we had Colin Allen on the show tonight, mini yep. bike phenom kid. Um, let's do that. I guess I'll do our two-stroke giveaway to somebody who's on a mini bike. So dads or any kids out there or riding 85 super minis or smaller, um, send pictures of your kids, send pictures of you. If you're a big fat dude on a 50, maybe <laughs> I don't think that works. Yeah, so ta- but- <laughs> tag the show at Moto X Pod Show. And tag at Dane Evans um, on the on the pictures. Mini bike kids. Mini bike kids, and we will announce a winner on the six. We're not going to do a show next week. We're skipping a week. Uh, show one hundred. We'll announce the winner. Yeah. Uh, Patreon. We say it every week. Please go to patreon.com if you feel like you want to support the show financially in any way on a monthly donation. It really helps us out. Um, this year we've had quite a few Patreon subscribers and it's really allowing us to get to a bunch of supercrosses next year. I think there's at least five that I'll be going to. Yeah. And we'll be at about nine or 10 of them for, for sure. The, for the amateurs. So we're going to get a lot more, uh, content and that's all because of you guys. And it mean, it means the world to us. God, I say it all the time. It, it just, I cannot express how much it means that you people help us out. So if you want to sign up, patreon.com, search the Moto X pod show, and are you guys making fun of me over there? You no, guys? he's being a retard. Uh, I can't tell. <laughs> you guys are back and forth, giggling back and forth. I'm like, man, what are they? All right, anyway. So, yeah, thanks thanks again. Uh, we're making a dark we, side sandwich. Is that we what you're saying? Up? Well, this is the wrap-up music here. I can't hear it, so you got to crank it a little bit. Well, I mean, everybody else All can. Right. They want to hear your voice. That's so. it for episode 99. 99. See one ya. away from 100. One, is it only one? You sure? Uh, I can't count that. We out. should do like a half episode. 99 and a half. Uh, we should do 99 and a half. We're taking a week half. off next week, so. I am too. 
But I'm going to be working while I take a week off. Well, you won't be here on the 6th for 100, will you? No. no that's that's just too much. Well, and I told JT to be to not schedule any work for that day. So we'll be, uh, yeah, we'll be back in two weeks.